0: Welcome to another edition of Pod Jerky. I am your host, Director Awesome, aka Tom, and today I am joined by John from Pod to Vod and The Basement Surge and Basement Reloaded. I believe it's the third one.
1: <laughs> no, mm. no, I'm not doing reload. You're not doing reload anymore. <laughs> no. So, so it's just the two. So he's got the two yeah.
0: going on. He's got Basement uh, Basement Surge and right. uh, Pod to Vod. Right. Uh, so welcome to the show. I haven't had you on yet. So this is your first. Thank you on very Podcast.
1: much. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's about time, Tom. I know. I know.
0: <laughs> we've just like like I've told you in the past, like we've had uh, we had so many pre-recorded episodes um, that we have in the can right now that we just keep like trying to put out. And I I still have like three episodes from, I believe, eight months ago that I haven't even put up, like I haven't even uploaded yet to even put out. And I'm like using those as an emergency backup kind of thing. Um, Because when we were off with the pandemic, we were working from home. But because the job that I do, it's difficult to do the virtual learning with uh, special needs kids. We had a lot of time. So we just recorded a whole bunch of crap. Uh, So we got some stuff done. And then uh, now I have some time to do some uh, actual, like, Good recordings now with uh, guests and stuff like that again so uh, we're yeah, gonna i mean that's
1: good that now. you have you know stuff in the bank you know because you know you don't want to get caught with your pants down so to speak right uh, right you know, so
0: so we have like my second show is the northern touch show and i do that with uh, thrust and dj despair and we have our shows like we've already recorded our shows all the way up until august 14th right now so we're already set for uh, we do it bi weekly. So it's every two weeks right now, but uh, we have enough to go to August 14th, which is great. And we're going to try and do like a year's worth of stuff because Thrust being a recording artist, DJ Despair being like a media guide, like they get busy schedules. So if they get, they Absolutely. run into an, uh, uh, like a situation, I'm going to be there going, uh, I got nothing. So, you know, <laughs> we're going to leave it at that and, and, and try and go with uh, uh, as far as we can into, uh, I guess, uh, recordings. And then that's it. And then we'll see where it goes.
1: I mean, that's great to have stuff in the bank like that all the way to August because, you know, running two shows like I do, you know, and then scrambling from week to week, trying to, you know, think of topics and then getting my co-hosts over here to record. And, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a job. You know? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it can take it, up so, a lot of time. Yeah. So, you know, it's like sitting down and recording a whole bunch of episodes. It's, it's a great idea.
0: Yeah, I I just, uh, I'm not one of those ones that, okay, let's record on a Sunday night for a Monday release. Uh, cause yeah. I don't have the time to do all the editing. I, if I have a day, you know what, I'll do a few recordings and then I'll do the editing for it. And then they're all ready and then just pop them up and then they will be just scheduled for release. So I, I think it's better that way for myself just because of the schedule I have now summers I have off. So I have a little bit of a more open schedule for that. So I can do uh, more recordings like on a, like on a daily basis if I wanted to, but not, not anything yeah. right, uh, right now. Cause I'm still at work
1: yeah i mean for me you know no matter what show i work on i like to record anywhere between monday and thursday uh after thursday because i have a monday release you know like you and you know any time after thursday i can't do it because it's just it's too much you know i like to take the weekends for the family you know and uh you know so i really have only friday to to really edit and put stuff out yeah so yeah it, it, it could be it could be a pain you know trying to schedule that but i mean because You know, there's a lot of uh, shows that record over the weekends and do that. But, you know, I I like to schedule my shows between Monday and Thursday.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it goes by like the podcasters um, schedule, right? What they'll they'll just have to do it whenever they have free time. Some people just, you know, do one a month. Some people do you know, weekly. Some people do daily shows. Right. So it Mm -hmm. it all depends on their schedule and when they can do it with Anchor. I think you can just record right on the app and just like upload it right then and there. Uh it's crazy though. There's just the things that podcasting is doing, what you can do with it with all this video stuff now and a whole different video market, which you are getting into, which we're gonna talk a little bit about later on. Um so uh there's like there's a whole bunch of things that are going on with podcasting, and it's just it's it's been really fun. And when I started doing this. I never imagined this is where we would be. I never imagined I would have, you know, a sign sitting like behind me or having the chance to interview like Ken Shamrock or, you know, like I never thought that would happen. I thought, hey, let's go on. Let's just shoot the shit and just have some fun with it. And then we met all of these like awesome people and we got to, you know, build this group up and, you know, we started like virtual conventions and then, you know, you, you didn't think any of this would happen. And now the evolution is going into video. And uh, a lot of people like to watch people talk on video instead of just doing it through audio and uh, it's it's just uh, it just just keep growing
1: yeah I mean I, I remember when I first pod, first started podcasting uh, last February uh, you know it was like I me and my co-host on the basement surge we just started it for fun you know just to you know, sit around and talk about old times and talk about being the dad and games and wrestling and all this other stuff. And, you know, and it's really turned into something of a production now because, you know, like you said, you know, things are moving the way of video, you know, live streaming and uh, vodcasting and YouTube channels and all that. And, you know, it, it's it's more involved, you know, especially since, you know, you try to, um, you try to have your show emulate like a TV show kind of. You know, because when people are watching, you need to keep them interested. They don't want to just see a couple of guys standing around just talking. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even for me, that gets kind of boring. So, you know, you got to try to keep it interesting. And the the podcasting medium, I think, is going to go through a couple of different evolutions uh, over the next couple of years. Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, even with with your setup, like you have an amazing setup for your show. Um, You you decorated your your studio amazing. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, when I first started, I had this microphone on a little tiny tripod that was this big that I was talking into on the top of a shoebox, whatever it was (laughs) on a little desk that was like 12 by 12. Like it was just a little tiny thing that I was doing it on. But now, you know, you move into it and you've got the lighting and you've got the, the the arm and you've got this printer for doing merchandise and you've got like, you know, audio setup and I've got two screens now going and, you know, <laughs> it, you didn't think it was going to evolve into this. And, and, and it's just really interesting. My first, I remember when I used to shoot, I used to use my laptop uh, camera and everybody always used to comment on me and saying, you look orange, your whole entire setup looks <laughs> orange. And I was like. You know, I do, I look a little bit off from everybody else, but it was just the laptop camera. My laptop that I use here for podcasting is about 10, 12 years old. And it was just my second laptop that I'm using just to do this stuff. And uh, it still works great just for what I'm doing with. Um, but I had to upgrade my, my uh, camera and I had to get the ring light and I had to get the boom arm and, the, you know, and everything else so that everything went uh, smoothly now. And now it's, it's just going well.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think you know when you start podcasting I, you should really just start with the, the bare bones you know just like a mic on a shoebox like you you yeah. know yeah. and uh and then you evolve you know whatever your show needs you to to get you're going to get you well, know, you, you uh, got to
0: think of, are you going to enjoy doing it first? So that's where you don't want to spend all the money right. to do it because you don't know if you're going to enjoy it at first. Right. And then if you don't enjoy it, then you just wasted all this money for nothing. But if you do enjoy it, then you start to build, you know, what you have for your show. And, and it, it turns out to be uh, really cool, but it can be expensive. But I mean, you know what? The sound quality is so much better. And, and I would rather listen to somebody who has good sound quality over mm-hmm. like a really bad recording. Uh, So, I mean, you need that equipment in order for it to be uh, that kind of a recording.
1: Right. And I think there's a statistic out there, too, that says that uh, if you do a podcast, if you have video uh, in your show, um, you have to have great audio because people are more forgiving towards good audio than they are towards bad video. Right. You know, so if your audio is good and on point, then they'll continue to watch. But if your video is bad, then they won't watch at all no matter how good your audio is you know well you know I, mean? I think
0: that goes i think that goes because a lot of people don't pay attention to the screen at all times mm-hmm. so they're more listening to it they're on their phones or doing other things cooking dinner whatever they can mm-hmm. still listen and kind of watch at the same time but you know they don't have to have the video at all times as long as the audio is there now if i'm hearing crackling in the background or i'm hearing you know hiccups here and there, like all the time, then you yeah. know what? No, I, I don't want to listen to that because then that starts to get annoying for me. Uh, that's my personal opinion. I don't know about everybody else, but that's my personal opinion. I'm going to shut it off. Um, when we first started it, we said, you know what, we bought the cheap mic and I returned it right away and got like the better mic so that the sound quality was much better. Cause I was like, no, one's going to listen to this first off. No, one's going <laughs> to listen to it anyways, but we, we <laughs> didn't know we were going to be where we are now, but you know, yeah. no one was going to listen to it anyways. But then if the, the sound quality is that much worse, then they're going to turn it off right away anyway. So, sure. you know, we tried to go with what, you know, what we could and, and, and here we are.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if you're thinking about becoming a podcaster, you're gonna read a whole bunch of articles on the industry. You're gonna watch a whole bunch of YouTube videos on how to become a podcaster, and I can almost guarantee that everything you read and everything you watch is gonna say that audio is key. Okay, audio is what you really need to concentrate on. So get yourself a good mic. Now you don't have to spend four or five hundred dollars. You could spend a hundred bucks, let's say. You know, when I started, I had the Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred. You know, now that's a great mic, you know, most podcasters don't even move off of that mic because it's so good, you know? So now they have, cause they discontinued the 2100, uh, they have the 2100 X now. And, uh, so it's a little bit of an upgrade, but it does the same thing, you know? So it's just, it it all depends on how you want to start, you know, if you're really going to take it seriously and you know, how much money you want to invest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's been great doing all the the shows and and getting yeah. to connect with other people and uh, building the show up and you know it it got me to connect with you know some Canadian hip hop stars and it got me to get some like different guests on and and for our other show like I said the Northern Touch show we actually have um, a, a really cool guest that came on. That we've already pre-recorded. We don't want to release the name yet because it's going to be coming up in, uh, I believe, the first week of June. Um, that his episode, yeah, September, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it was a, it was an awesome interview. It was uh, really really cool to have him on, and it turned out to be a two-parter. So uh, when that comes out, it's going to be really interesting to see the reaction for people. It's not a big big name, but it was just an interesting um, uh, guest to have on, and. Uh, hoping that a lot of people have seen his work so that they know who he is. But uh, it, it was just really, really cool to talk to him. And and you don't think that's going to happen. Like, like I said, the Ken Shamrock interview that I did, and this will tie into what we're actually going to talk about is a little bit of wrestling. Uh, Ken Shamrock actually worked in the WWE, like when I reached out to them, it was just a shot in the dark. You know, I saw like some sign up sheet and I, and it said, you know, you have to have a certain amount of listens and this and that and whatever. So I just filled out the form and they got back to me within a day and they were like, yep, he would love to come on the show. And then I was sitting there going, uh, I don't know if I can do this because I'm going to be so nervous. (laughs) Like this guy was like at UFC number one, like he was at the first UFC. Uh, he was yeah. a WWE. He was a multi-time champion there, uh, like Intercontinental Champion, Tag Team Champion, Hardcore Champion, all that stuff. He he got to do all that stuff, and I'm like, I just took a shot in the dark. I didn't think it was actually going to happen, and then it did. And like, then, oh no! Like, I got nervous saying like <laughs> yeah. I, I I I know how to talk to him, but it's kind of like you know you have that person in front of you that you're just like uh, like nervous about, or you just it, it's almost like a a, a celebrity uh, that that's just sitting there and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting this person. So, you know, that turned out to be really, really cool. So, uh, I, I, I
1: know how that feels because I actually sat down and interviewed Jeff East. Now, Jeff East, like nowadays, nobody really, you know, knows or. I don't want to say cares, but, you know, like he, he's, he's a minor celebrity, you know, and he was the actor who played uh, young Christopher Reeve in the Superman movie in 1978. And I was, I had a total fanboy moment because I love that movie. I, Superman's huge to me. I love comic books. Superman's the best, you know, kind of thing. and uh, And Christopher Reeve, I grew up watching that movie. So, you know, and to actually talk to him, to have the chance to talk to him, I, you know, the, the opportunity arose, uh, one of my other fellow podcasters, uh, was having him on his show and he invited me on his show to help him, uh, interview Jeff East. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm coming on. Like, that's, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> and if it wasn't for podcasting, like that would have never happened to me. Like talking to these people is just, it's amazing, you know, because yeah. after that I've, I've interviewed, um, you know Perez Hilton. You know, I like yeah. uh, uh, on Clubhouse. You know, I talk to a bunch of people in the industry that I wouldn't normally have access to. Yeah. So it's just it's amazing. and that's it's what a podcasting
0: does. That's what podcasting does. It brings community together. Yeah. Gets you an opportunity to talk to to people you would normally never get a chance to talk to. Yeah. Um, but we're we're going to get into this episode as well. I mean, uh, we're we're set to talk a little bit about wrestling. Uh, we're both wrestling fans or were wrestling fans. Uh, not a fan of the product right now. It's not oh, uh, yeah. not great. Uh, I grew up in the Hogan era and uh, all the way up until like the Attitude era. Um, I was a fan of WCW and WWE. Uh, that Monday Night War was just uh, phenomenal. I mean, that was just great because it brought out the best in both. So you had, you know, NWO going and then you had Steve Austin and McMahon feud going. And that was just like killer. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and AE and has come out with this whole series on this uh, biographies that they have done. And they've aired four so far. By the time this recording goes out, uh, they'll have aired five. Um, so they did the first episode with Steve Austin and that was just fantastic stuff. Uh, and then they did macho man and then they did, uh, Roddy Piper Piper, and then they did Booker T. T. Right. Um, and those were all great. And next week is one that I'm really looking forward to is Shawn Michaels. Uh, that's a huge, huge one that there is a lot of dirt on the background of that. Um, sure. From what his uh, background came from, and uh, the 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 shit that he caused uh, backstage <laughs> before he became like a born again Christian, and you know all that yeah. stuff, and uh, found God and did whatever he did, but there was a lot of uh, dirt on that one. So that's going to be a really really interesting one. I'm looking forward to that one a lot. Um, yeah, I, do,
1: I find it interesting that this Sunday, May 16th, they have Shawn Michaels, and then next week after that they have Bret Hart. Yes. So yeah. You know, it's kind of that in itself. I think is controversial a little bit because of what they did to Bret Hart back in the early '90s. Yeah, but um, yeah, this series is is really awesome. You know, I'm I'm really enjoying it. And, uh, you know, my favorite one is Stone Cold. I love Steve Austin. You know, he was he was always my favorite, especially in the Attitude Era. You know, like you said, with him and McMahon.
0: Yeah. Well, I used to I used to wear the Austin shirt and I'd get up on and I'd stand on top of my car, like on the roof of my car. And I'd crack (laughs) a beer and I would drink it. I got pictures of it from when I'm younger. Uh, Everybody used to say that it was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, go do it. Go do it. And, and that guy just changed wrestling. Uh, yeah. You had the whole, uh, you know, PG era, I guess they would call it back then. Uh, you couldn't say like ass on TV, you know, and then he came along and here you go, you know, toughest son of a bitch. And, you know, I still remember that <laughs> that, that, that speech that he changed his whole career over from King of the Ring. And uh mm. that was when he he wrestled against Jake the Snake. And you know, the you sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. You talk about your Psalms, you talk about John 316, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. And that one just <laughs> right. changed everything for him because the next night here's the Austin 316 signs, and then the merch went out the window. Like it was just crazy money for them. Yeah, and they and capitalized on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was really, really crazy. So who are, who who are some of the like the other favorites that you had growing up um, before the like the Attitude Era came in?
1: Well, I I grew up with Hogan, Jake the Snake, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, um, Ted DiBiase, you know the Million Dollar Man, uh, you know, and I remember vividly when I was young that I had the Super I believe it was Super Nintendo. Uh, wrestling game I think it was like Wrestlemania something or other I, I can't remember the exact name of it but I love that game you know and I think that eventually led into the early 2000s when they released Wrestlemania 2000 but um, uh, yeah like I grew up on Hogan I loved Hogan uh, the, his his whole real American uh, theme song that they had going back then was, was great you know, still I, I, I still in go the nuts car. when I hear
0: yeah. it I still blast it in the car I don't care <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because that was our that was our childhood. That was our childhood. I, yeah. I used to beg my parents, you know, Saturday night's main event. And it was at nine o'clock at night. And I used to beg, can I please stay up and watch it? Can I please stay up and watch And they'd be like, oh, I don't know. No, it's too, it's too late. You go to bed. And then that was that one time where he fought Andre the Giant on a Saturday night's main event. And it was that screw job where Ted DiBiase bought the title off Andre after Andre went won, and we were all just sitting there in shock because my parents actually let me stay up and watch it because they knew how big of a wrestling fan I was, and and I had all of those like if you remember the action figures that they have today are like this big, you know they're not like they're not, and we had the big rubber ones like they were like really yeah. big rubber ones, um, and I was very disappointed because I wanted Hulk Hogan for like the longest time and my parents for Christmas got me SD Jones and I was special delivery Jones, SD Jones. and, <laughs> and yeah. And I was like, Oh, and they got me King Kong Bundy. Sorry. So it was SD Jones and King Kong Bundy. And okay. I was so disappointed because I was like, I, all I wanted was Hulk Hogan. And it turned out that they looked everywhere for Hulk Hogan. You could not find one. So they're like, we looked everywhere. We couldn't find it. And I was just like, okay, you know, and then I just started collecting them. And I ended up with a collection of like 30 or 40 of them. And I I, I got out of a wrestling phase for a little bit. And I had like a kid down the street. And we had a garage sale. And I was selling them for like a buck a piece or two bucks a piece. And I told the kid he can have all of them for two bucks. And man, do I regret that decision now? Because do you know how much (laughs) those things are worth right now?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I was like, you know, at the uh, time it was for the kid. Right. So.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had these, uh, these little, uh, action figures. They were made out of rubber of the wrestlers, Hulk Hogan, I think, uh, and a couple of the other ones. And they had like a hole in their back. The thumb wrestlers. Your finger in. Yeah, yeah, the, the thumb, thumb wrestlers. wrestlers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So
0: you could like wrestle them. I had Nikolai Volkoff. <laughs> I had Hulk Hogan. Uh I think I had the Iron Sheik. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of them. So yeah, they yeah. they had some really they their marketing was genius. Uh, And always has been, I mean, they, they had a lot of the toys out for, for, uh, the kids like us to play with now it's more internet based where, you know, just go watch YouTube videos and, you know, relive your youth and stuff. I could get lost in watching stone cold videos all day long. Like I could just watch the next one after the other one after the other. Right. So, um, yeah. And then, and then, you know, it, it kind of turned into, uh, I got to see WrestleMania six. I went to WrestleMania six and that was in Toronto. And, you know, I got to see Hogan versus the warrior and that was the main Mm -hmm. event uh, title for title. And that's where that kind of passed the torch. We, so when my dad took me, he, he said to me, he goes, I bet you anything that Hogan wins and retires. Now, don't forget, this was in 1991. WrestleMania six was in 1991. And he says, I bet you, he wins the title and retires. How many years later? And this guy's still kicking. He's still around. He still won titles <laughs> way after that. I was like, dad, you're nuts. Yeah. You're nuts. It's not happening. So well, they yeah. keep
1: bringing him back for the showman, you know, for the showmanship, yeah. you know, because he brings the money. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's he's on. Mind. He has been on all of these A&E documentaries and the guy's so mm-hmm. full of shit he's really honestly full of shit. A lot of the stuff. Yeah. I did this and I did this and we had this kind of relationship. If you listen to a lot of the other guys talk about him before, like they're all like, we hated him. Like he was just, you know, he would never do a job. He would never do this. And then he's on there going, you know, I'm, I was the one that made this happen or I did, you know, this with this person and this person didn't like me. And I was the one who helped macho man through this and this and this. And it's like, I can't listen to this guy sometimes because he's full of shit, but he's still my childhood, like, uh, like icon right? I was like, I'm torn yeah, here. I know.
1: Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I had seen a video once that said that uh, that Hogan was one of the wrestlers who got the uh, opportunity to call the match like to, to who's going to win the match, you know, because he wasn't going to lose uh, to some lower guy, you know. He he, so gonna, he had creative
0: control. If, yeah,
1: right. Yeah. yeah, he had creative control. And you know, it's like that was kind of in his contract. You know, and he 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 was a smart guy, I guess, to to get that able to be put into his contract. Yeah. But uh, but he knew his worth. I think he knew that everybody was coming to see him. You know, hear the music and him rip open the, his shirt and just go wild and on Hulkamania. But yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, and I think it was Jeff Jarrett. He didn't want to do the job too, where he where he said, "No, I'm not doing that." I th- I'm not sure. Was that from the Booker T episode that uh, aired last night? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, they were saying like because he had creative control, they wanted Jeff Jarrett to pin Hogan. Hogan said not a chance, in how that's happening. So Booker <laughs> T got the shot and ended up winning the title um, yeah. because it was just uh, something that Hogan said no to. And and a lot of people have done that with Jeff Jarrett. A lot of people had didn't want to do the job to Jeff Jarrett for some reason. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Um, you know, he was a joke. Um, yeah, it was just uh, I, I, you know, I, I he wasn't a bad worker. He wasn't a bad worker at all. But uh, it was just I don't know what what the situation was backstage. I know there were issues with his dad, Jerry Jarrett, where he uh, uh, had owned part of the territories back in the day. And then uh, Jeff Jarrett came up and he was kind of involved in all that. And, you know, things just went from there, but, you know, we, we move into the attitude era and, and I I think that was the, the greatest era of wrestling, uh, date. Um, it, it, nothing could take that. You had, you know, DX, you had NWO running in, in WCW. So they were opposing that you had Steve Austin going, you know, you had the rock coming in like up and coming where he was uh, having amazing feuds and Vince McMahon got involved into that. And the storylines felt real. They just felt real. And every week you would turn into, so I would watch raw on Monday nights from, I believe it started at nine o'clock here and ran till midnight. Cause it was three hour shows. And then the next day I would mm-hmm. watch uh nitro on repeat uh, at four o'clock right after school, because it was I just like, you no, know, but it was just so like the head to head thing. You had to see what was going on. And then, you know, Goldberg came around and NWO was around and, you know, sting was still kicking and, and it was just interesting to watch that whole thing. and, I used to record every single Monday night raw and I have, I don't even remember now how many tapes I have, but it's close to 70 or 80, which have, they're all six hour tapes and they all have like six hours worth of raw on them. Uh, They're still sitting in a box (laughs) in my basement uh, just over in the closet over here. But you know, if I ever wanted to, you know, you made the point of, you know, you can just watch that on WWE network. I I don't have the WWE network, but, I also, I, I also don't have the time to sit there and watch full episodes of raw, nor do I have the time to put a tape into a VCR and find what I'm looking for. So, you know, you just search the YouTube clips now and uh, you're good, but
1: yeah. Are your tapes in chronological order?
0: Yes. They're okay. all, they're all labeled. <laughs> they're all labeled from, uh, it'll say Monday Raw night raw tape number one, and it'll say okay. January this date to January wow. this date. So. I would label them as I went along. I didn't do that afterwards because that would have been a pain in the ass. But uh, yeah, they all went in chronological order. So I have pretty much the entire Attitude Era on VHS tape that I had recorded from uh, from TV because sometimes you wouldn't even get to see it because you were like you had to go to work or you were out late or whatever. So I would record them off yeah. TV and then I just kept like, keeping them. And I did that a lot with ECW too. Uh, ECW had a show on TNN. So I would record yeah. all of those and I ended up giving them to my buddy because we were going to turn them digital because uh, he had the machine to do it. And then he moved and he lost all my tapes. So I was like, Oh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So I was like, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: Jeez.
0: Now have you ever had a chance to meet any wrestlers?
1: I met Jake the snake. Did you? Yeah. I met him when I was little. He was, he was doing like one of those exhibition matches over here at one of the local churches. And, uh, my dad took me and, uh, and my cousin, and I must have been like maybe like eight, eight or nine, you know. And I, I we sat there for like two hours. Everybody wrestled, and then afterwards, uh, Jake the Snake came around with his bag, you know, his special bag with the Damian. snake. Damien. Yep. And uh, we, he's like, "You want to pet my snake?" I was like, "No, no, <laughs> like, I, I don't like snakes." But uh, but he he was a cool guy, you know. I I really uh, I really liked him. He he was cool. He was yeah. nice. And well, we uh, just contrary to uh to. You know, popular belief. <laughs> yeah. He's, well, we just a nice did uh,
0: we just did an episode called uh, celeb- something about celebrities that I have, uh, have met along the way uh, throughout my life. And I met a lot of MMA guys, but a lot of the guys that I had met are from the WWE. Um, mm. And one of the stories that I told on on the show was, you know, they used to come to Toronto to do their show. So either it was like uh, WrestleMania or it was a uh, Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, whatever it was. And what happened was, is they would all go to one restaurant and it was always the same restaurant that they would go to because it was near the hotel that they would stay at. And the restaurant was called Eastside Mario's. Now they would go down to this restaurant and everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. So you tried to book a table well in advance so that you could get in there. So a friend of mine had booked the table, uh, in a, well in advance and we got the table and then the wrestlers came in. So I ended up meeting Nikolai Volkov. Uh, I met Godfather and then i really? met yeah i Big met pimping? yeah and i met christian and <laughs> oh, then wow. i got to meet valvenus and then the biggest one that i got to meet was edge now i got to talk with edge and it was a pretty funny story is he was eating his dinner and my friend was like oh i already went and i met edge already so go and get his autograph and go and, and talk to him and i was like I'm not going to go up to him. He's eating. I don't want to bother him while he's eating. Nice Canadian guy, you know, saying, no, 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 I'll I'll wait, (laughs) you know? And, and uh, my friend's like, no, 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 he won't care. Don't worry about it. Just come, just come. And I was like, no, I don't want to bother him while he's eating. So we go up to edge and he's at the table and he looks over and my friend says, Hey, this is my friend, Tom. He wants to get your autograph. And but he's too shy to ask you. And I was like, oh, my God, I am not shy. I go, I don't want to bother you while you're eating. So he ends up signing my autograph to shy Tom from edge. You know, So and I still have that in a photo, uh, in, a, in a book, uh, photo album. Uh, wow. And it was really cool. So he was like, you know, he goes, I, we understand like as a, a public figure, we understand that this is going to happen. We're going to get interrupted while we're eating or while we're at a bar or whatever. We understand. But I appreciate the fact that you were going to wait. And I said, nice. I just, you know, I just don't like that. Right. I don't like bothering somebody if they're eating. Uh, I got to meet, uh, Brett Hart. Uh, he was at a, uh, pizza pizza and, uh, he was doing autographs there and it was just like, man, it was crazy there. Like this guy is like a Canadian hero here. So everybody sure. that, you know, goes and sees him. So, uh, we waited there and we got to meet him. Uh, I got to meet a couple of wrestlers in line, uh, while we were waiting in line for an event in ECW, uh, he came out and took pictures with me. I almost ended up backstage at a ECW event uh, because wow. security thought I was a wrestler. So <laughs> I got there and they told me to go straight in. And I was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, you just go straight in. I was, he's like, everyone's here already. And I was like, who's here? And he was like, you know, Paul Heyman's here and Taz is here. And, and I was like, so I can just walk straight in? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I don't. Do you know who I am? You know, I was like, I'm just, I'm here for the like show. I'm, like, I'm just here. I'm a nobody. I'm yeah. just a guy. <laughs> I'm just here to watch the show. And he was like, Oh my god! He was like, I was like, I was that close to getting backstage and getting to meet all of those. He guys. You should have so. went with it. I, but I
1: went along with it. Man. I was
0: just like, Man, this like, I, I. It was so early in the morning because it was a first come first serve for seating. So we went to stand in line and wait. <laughs> uh, to get into the, into the building. And I was just, it was six o'clock in the morning when I had got there and it was already like a half an hour, 45 minute drive just to get over there. So I was up so early, uh, I, my head wasn't even straight on yet. So I was just like, yeah, whatever, you know, I just, it, it, it would have been a cool opportunity, but it didn't happen, but it was, it, yeah. it was pretty cool. So yeah, I've got to meet, uh, quite a few. And then I got to interview Ken Shamrock, like I was talking about, and he was in the WWE for quite a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. so I've gotten to meet a couple, uh, of these guys. And it's, uh, it's been pretty cool. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I haven't like interviewed them or spoken to them in my adult life, you know, but they, they seem like they're pretty cool guys, you know, I'm pretty open to sit, to interviews and sitting yeah. down even with the little guys, you know? So I, I, I think I, I should try to get a wrestler on my show. That's yeah. not a bad idea.
0: Yeah. That, that's the goal. <laughs> like I, I've tried reaching out to a few of them. I uh, haven't heard anything back from them. Uh, Edge, I reached out to before his return, Uh, Mm. before we even knew that he was coming back. I had reached out to him. He hasn't even seen my message. Um, And and a lot of these older guys that have been back are making uh, like appearances in like AEW now because AEW is a big, uh, a big scene. So Christian's there, big, uh, big shows there in AEW. Uh, A couple of the other guys have gone over there. So, you know, I think it's hard to get them booked on any of the shows, you know, unless, you know, they're not like active anymore. And a lot of these guys go and they work as agents backstage or producers backstage uh, sure, for these yeah. events. So it, it, it would be kind of hard to get them, but it would be so awesome to be able to, you know, sit down and talk to Steve Austin. Oh,
1: man. but he, Forget but it. he,
0: that guy never oh. does interviews, right? He doesn't do a lot of interviews. Nah. He does his own show, but he's got, got know, his own
1: podcast. Yeah. You know, how,
0: how, how cool would it be to sit down and talk to the rock? You know? Oh my God. It's it just, it, it's amazing. Like I had Matthew boy from two broke girls on the show and I had asked him about Kat Dennings and right. he said, you know, Kat Dennings is, you know, she doesn't care about any of this stuff. She goes, she does mm-hmm. her job and then she goes home and she just wants to be in her garden. And she just wants to, you know, she's not into the whole, like, look at me thing. I want like all this publicity thing. She doesn't care about any of that.
1: So it could yeah, be that's that she was with well. Josh Groban. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it could be any of that with even these wrestler guys, right? It's like, uh, they might not want to do it and just want to keep to themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I almost lost my, I almost lost my crap when I, uh, so I don't know if you allow cursing on the show. I'm sorry. I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, well, I almost lost my shit when I found out that Sergeant Slaughter followed me on Twitter and, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you yeah. know, like Sergeant Slaughter. Like I grew up watching him and now he's following my show. And but did, did know, that come did, out
0: of nowhere? Or it did.
1: Uh, yeah. It did because I wasn't following him. I you know, and the only people in the WWE that I was following were the major guys like Rock and Austin. Right. You know, maybe even Shane, you know, but yeah, it's uh, like he just came out of the, out of left field with it. And, you know, it was like, Hey, you know, and then, and then right away, I was like, bam, how about you come on my show? And like, he never, he never answered me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But see, I I think the goal is, and I don't want to give it away because this is, this is going to be my angle to it all is you sit and you listen to these guys' backstories and Mm -hmm. you sit in and you hear like Booker T's backstory and you hear Steve Austin's backstory. And yes, a lot of work ethic has been put into it and a lot of, Uh, hard work. It's all there. It's all there for them. And and they created their own uh, path to success. But I think a lot of them, they always say it was, I needed that one shot. I needed that chance. And somebody gave me that chance. And that's going to be my angle. Give me that one chance you know, uh, pay it back where, you know, you said this is how it was. And I, I, you know, do it the same for, you know, how you, how you preach it. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. they've given, like, I know they've done a lot of charity work. They've done a lot of stuff. So, so no insult to them for that. I mean, But, you know, I think that's going to be the angle that I play uh, to try and get them on just so that uh, and whoever's listening to this, do not steal my ideas and try and get them on before (laughs) me. You can have them after I do. But um, I think that's going to be how I try it, because maybe there's going to be the one of them that says, you know what, I'm going to give him a chance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then then you have to let them know that you're not going to ask them the same questions that everybody else asks them. Right. You know, so you got to. Just make it feel unique and unique to your show, I think, you know, especially when you're trying to get, you know, celebrities or minor celebrities on your show. Yeah. But like to get one of those guys like Austin... Uh, I, like, I, I'll retire after that. Like, yeah. All right, I'm yeah. done. My you
0: know, like. show's going to have, you know, 25 million listens in one night and I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah.
1: Thanks, everybody. All it was fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, w- that would just be so, so cool. But, you know, um, like I said, like A&E is doing a like fantastic job with these these things. They have the show uh, biographies for legends. And then so they have, uh, like we said, we, they have the Bret Hart episode coming up, Shawn Michaels um Mick Foley, and then the ultimate warrior ultimate warrior is going to be really really interesting and i don't know if you're following um the the one where they're going and uh looking the lost treasures i think it's it's called um mm. so i'm watching the lost treasures uh series as well and every week what they're doing is taking one wrestler and they're trying to build a museum of all the stuff that's gone from back in the day um so they've had uh jerry lawler on and they wanted to find like the crown that uh he wore in his first match in WWE and didn't know where that, where it was. So they go traveling around and they go looking for this stuff. Uh, Yesterday they had uh, Booker T and he wanted his black robe that he had on. And uh, one guy had the black robe because the black robe was the last time he ever wrestled. That was his final match uh, as King Booker. And some guy had it and he wanted $10,000 for it. And he said, no way. He said, I'm not paying you 10 grand for this. So he says, "Uh, what we'll do is we'll do a trade. He goes, I'll give you 2,500 bucks And then I will give you Queen Charmelle's dress, one of her dresses, so that you have a piece of that. And I will give you my NWO trunks, which are one of a kind. Nobody has a version of these because there's only one pair ever made. So he goes, I won't even have a pair of them. Um, And the guy said, I want 10000 plus that stuff. And they're like, oh, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. So they left and they went over to Steve Austin's house and they asked Steve Austin to do a video call. And he did. And the guy gave it up for 2500 and the stuff right so he got his robe but they had one with the undertaker and Kane. so they went around he just said oh hell yeah (laughs) you know they showed the whole thing and he was like you know it was really cool talking to you and this was a his he has one of the coolers that that austin has uh, from one of his like in ring appearances where all the beer was. And so he has nice. one of those coolers. So he gave him the hat off of his head as well and said, I'm going to give you this hat and you know, you give him the robe for 2,500 and the other stuff he offered you. And he said, you know, this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Just like we were saying, retired, I'm done. You know, like he got a chance to do that. And yeah. that was really cool. But yeah, to go on, like they had uh, undertaker and Kane on as well. And they were looking for Kane's first mask that he wore in the WWE. Uh they were looking for Undertaker's first purple uh outfit where he had the black and purple instead of the black and gray and they mm-hmm. ended up finding it in Undertaker's storage unit that he hadn't like touched in like 10 years, 15 years. He didn't even know it was in there. Um right. so they have these guys just traveling around looking for stuff and they had Booker T on yesterday as well and they found mm-hmm. JYD's collar, so Junkyard Dog's collar. Uh <laughs> and they ended up having to pay $7,500 for that uh to a collector. Wow. Yeah. So a, a lot of these guys have all of this stuff that they collect, and they're looking for like certain things that they can't find, and it's all going into this museum. So it's going to be really interesting to see when they have this all done of all yeah. the memorabilia that they have from throughout time and throughout history in in the WWE.
1: I w- I would so go there. That that sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, but like a lot of people don't realize is that like all the costumes and the makeup and everything that these wrestlers come out with, you know, when they first make appearances, WWE isn't giving them anything. No. You know, they're not dressing them. The wrestlers have to actually make their costume. Yeah. So I guess somewhere somewhere along the way, you know, it's like they're losing them or giving them away or throwing them out of the ring, you know. and
0: Or they auction them off to charities. They auction yeah. them off to charities a lot of times.
1: Yeah, and, a lot and, of the... Sorry, and you think about
0: Austin. Like you, you said, like, uh, they don't just give you these costumes and stuff. Like, when Austin first mm-hmm. came into WWE, so he started off in, in WCW as stunning Steve Austin. And then uh, his real name is Steve Williams. And they said, you know, you can't be Steve Williams because we have Dr. Death Steve Williams here already. So you can't be Steve Williams. So they came up with Steve Austin. And then he moved into WWE, where he's the ringmaster. And we knew the guy could work, but DiBiase was his mouthpiece. And DiBiase was, uh, like, fantastic on the mic. That guy was just gold. He was a great heel character. Um, Nobody liked him. And that was his job. And he did his job excellent. And, you know, then, you know, they kind of shed away from that and let Austin talk on the mic, but they didn't have a name for him. And he tells the story of his wife came up with the, Hey, your, your tea is going to get stone cold and goes, that's it. Stone cold, Steve Austin. And you you hear the ridiculous names that they came up with, like Iceman or Ice Pick or something (laughs) like that. And all all of these names that they had come up with. And he was like, Oh man, like, can you have
1: hair back then too? Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you, you think of like cool McFreeze, like that was one of the names that they had pitched or something like that. And I was like, can you imagine where his career would have been with a name like that compared to stone cold Steve Austin? Yeah. Like, I mean, it just, it, it was just, it was in the cards for him.
1: Sure. Yeah. So. And, and the charisma, you know, he brought the charisma yeah. to it too. Yeah. So, but I, mean, I guess I will, felt like I will an never every, forget. everyday
0: man, right? Like everybody yeah. loved him. Cause he was just, he was kind of like, us. Like, we were just like, we want to kick our boss's ass. We right. want to do this, you know, and we want to swear at people, and that's what he's doing. And we're, you know, we're, yeah. we're good with that.
1: I want to drive a beer truck up to the ring and spray my boss with, with right. a bunch of beer and yeah.
0: then watch them swim in it, you know, <laughs> right. and, and oversell. And, yeah. you know,
1: I, but, I want to visit my boss in the hospital and hit him in the head with a bed pen. You know, well, I want to do that, that. I, You know, <laughs> I,
0: I think that was one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite scenes ever in a wrestling like backstage promo shoot or whatever it is, you saw Austin, stand. Like you didn't see Austin standing in the background there. And he had like the nurse or doctor gear on and then the nurse was talking to him. And then all you hear is, Oh, I'll take it from here. Nurse. And then McMahon, just the the eyes light up. And then he's just pounding away on the, on the broken ankle or broken leg. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then they did that improv. He goes, I just grabbed the bed pad, the bedpan and smacked him over the head. And the sound that made was just classic. (laughs) It was just great. Uh, I I loved it. It was such a good segment.
1: Like uh, the whole Attitude Era with Stone Cold uh, was awesome. What Stone Cold really started to annoy me uh, later on when he started the the what uh, movement. I love it. (laughs) I mean, it was great at first, you know, and there was a time for it. But every single time he was talking, the whole audience would go, what, what? you know, and yeah. it's just, I was like, all right, enough. <laughs> but he, he
0: did that because the audience ate it up and then think yeah. about what he did with that. He turned it into a t-shirt and made millions <laughs> off of that t-shirt. And all it said was what yeah. across the t-shirt and see, and, we need to you know, do that for our shows. Right. Right. <laughs> so I, I did like a reel I haven't even put out yet. And it just says, what? you know, and it has like the pod jerky logo on it. And, you know, I was just like, I'm I'm just going to play on this. It's, you know, like what isn't trademarked by anybody. You could do that all day long. I can say where pardon, you know, whatever I want to say on the shirt. Right. So uh, I'll be the nice Canadian and it'll say pardon instead of what? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it it, it was, it was just genius and he ate it up and he let the crowd, he said he was annoyed by it as well. And apparently it started with a, a conversation that Christian had called him. And uh, on the cell phone and left him a message and started talking and saying what, and it was actually Christian who did it. So he started (laughs) to go along with it. So yeah, it was, it was just interesting. So, you know, it took off. He made money. The the guy made a killing in wrestling and, and he's doing so well for himself afterwards. Like he's been in movies, not that they're any good, but you know, he's been in movies. Uh, He's, he has a podcast. It's like one of the number one podcasts in the world next to like Joe Rogan, like his, his broken skull ranch. Uh, The Broken Skull Sessions are great. Uh, Mm -hmm. They air those on TV as well, on network uh, TV. Um, So those are, like, fantastic. So, um, yeah, so much stuff that he's been doing. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the wrestling industry would be without him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I think the only actor, the only wrestler who got away with acting was Rock. Yeah. You know, because John Cena tried it in the Marine. Did you see the Marine?
0: I did not watch it and I don't care to watch it. I don't want to see John Cena in a movie. I don't want to see The Miz in a movie. Piper did really well. Piper did really well uh, back in the day. Um, But The Rock is like Hollywood's biggest star now. So Wait
1: a minute. Hogan was in Rocky, wasn't he?
0: He was. He was Thunderlips. Yeah. 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 Thunderlips. Yeah. So, I mean, he was terrible in that as well. But, you know, uh, The Rock, he's not a fantastic actor. But yeah. he's watchable. He's watchable. He's an action guy and his movies are over the top. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, if don't get watched... me wrong.
1: He's been in a couple of fl- flops, you know, yeah. like the mummy. Tooth
0: Fairy, the mummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you watch like Skyscraper and you watch that and you go, this is so like, there's no way anybody can do this. They're so over the top, but yeah. you can <laughs> still sit and enjoy them because you can still say that's the rock. <laughs> you know that that's it that's the only reason i can i can stand to watch them and we uh we always kid about them, uh, amy and i is our first like go to movie is always 2012 and that's our nap movie if we ever want to ha- take a nap on the couch during a weekend <laughs> and 2012 is on we have to watch it um because we'll know we'll fall asleep and the new one that we uh kind of uh transition into from that is san andreas and that's one of the Rocks movies as well. And I'm that's like, a movie. W- it's a good movie, but it's again, way over the top. Like there's n- nobody on the planet would ever, ever, ever be able to do all of that shit. I'm sorry. Nobody, um, mm. you know, flying from the helicopter and then parachuting out and landing in the stadium and then protecting everybody against the stadium and then getting into a car and then rescuing the dog like i i know it's hollywood i know i suspend my disbeliefs and whatever but at, at the end of the day you're just like come on this is just unbelievable shit unbelievable <laughs> right. but it's entertaining it is entertaining yeah and he's I a mean, rock trainer.
1: rock is rock is really good i think i do think that his movies over time are getting progressively better yeah um like he's got a new one coming up uh black adam yeah, uh, For DC yeah. Comics, you yeah. know, and I, I think he is perfect for that yeah. one. Uh, you know, judging by the way Black Adam even looks in the comic book, looks exactly like Rock. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just I really can't wait for that. So, he's,
0: he's got the charisma. He's got the size. He's got the look. Yeah, uh, he's a Hollywood like uh, like dream for for them because they know they'll capitalize on that money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for me, when he first started out, I was like, yeah, I can give this guy a shot. And then, you know, he did a couple of bad movies and it was like, I don't know, steal the rock. And then you saw the action movie start to pick up and you were like, okay, I can see this. He's like the new Vin Diesel kind of, you know, action star kind of, uh, Arnold and
1: yeah. kind a of movie yeah.
0: thing. And, and you can watch it. So yeah, they're, they're interesting, but the black Adam one, it looks like it's going to be really good.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So now if, if he's in a movie, what do you call him? Do you still call him the rock or is he Dwayne Johnson?
0: Dwayne Johnson. Well, you would, you see, see Hollywood markets him probably as the rock because that's the name that's marketable, yeah. right? That's the, that's the name that would be marketable for him. But how, how do they market that without getting trademark infringement from WWE? Right. Cause they probably own that. And, mm-hmm. but they, can they call him Dwayne, the rock Johnson? Cause that may be not trademark. I don't know. I don't know how they market Maybe. it, but I, I it's, it, that's interesting. Yeah. Like as, you know, The Rock playing Black Adam or is it Dwayne Johnson playing Black
1: Adam? Right, yeah. Or Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Right, (laughs) right.
0: Yeah, so So, yeah, it it looks like it's going to be really good. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll see where they go with it and and see how it works out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I really think he was made for superhero movies and action movies. You know, he's got the physique for it. But he is looking kind of old. Have you seen his Instagram pictures recently? Yes, yeah. Like his skin is getting kind of old looking.
0: Hey, we all get there, right? I'm like, I, I got all of this uh white growing yeah. in when I let my beard grow. Like I haven't uh given I it a trim in a couple of I weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, you know, and then my wife will say, Oh no, it looks better on men because they look more distinguished. And I'm like, Yeah, whatever. You know, I'm in my 40s, it is what it is. Like, I'm I'm not gonna care anymore. <laughs> like this is all gone on top here. So who really cares? I don't care anymore. Yeah, so no, my, my
1: wife makes me shave, she won't yeah. let me grow a beard. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, I said, I'm not shaving this until like, uh, summertime. I said, I'm going to let this grow until summer. She's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) And I was like, come on. So we'll see. We'll see how long I can let it go before she tells me that's it. You got to go shave it.
1: Just don't bring it up. You know, just let it go. Keep it going. You know, make her forget. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we're going to probably wrap this one up. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about a project that you are working on right now that is uh, really cool if you want to talk about that and plug that a little bit because uh, this is coming up fairly shortly, I
1: believe. Yes. So uh, launching, we're hoping uh, this July, uh, July 1st, we're launching uh, a new platform for vodcasters called VOD TV. OK, where I'm building this platform specifically for vodcasters, for podcasters who have a camera set up and record their shows on video and to get you guys and, and myself and all of us really on television. OK, so um, the, the platform is going to make your show available through Roku. Through Fire TV Stick, uh, and then eventually we're gonna uh, upgrade to uh, Apple TV. Now, believe it or not, Apple TV actually has a lower viewership than Roku does. So we're going for the big guys first, and then we're going for the lower guys. But um, <clears throat> at launch, it will be uh, a website only, uh, where you get to as a as a vodcaster, you get to upload your content uh, starting from when you sign up. So it's not like we're asking for your whole library. Um, so, because right now, as at launch, we're limited on space. So, uh, we're gonna start off with the vodcasters from the time they sign up going forward, and uh, and just basically try to get you guys on TV and and uh, the whole um, the whole viewership of. TV, the way you watch it is kind of like Netflix. It has a, a Netflix looking feel to it. And, uh, and I'm really happy with it because it, it's, it's really cool because me is just a, a, a podcaster, you know, like, Hey, I get to be on TV. This, that's awesome. You know, like, cause when, like I said earlier, when I started podcasting, I never knew that it would lead to something like this, you know? So, and to just take that evolution to the next step is I think, Amazing, you know, and so VOD TV will launch uh, in July and uh, be website only at first. And then we'll roll into stages of getting on television and uh, yeah, and just networking really, because there'll there'll be other things on available on the site, like uh, courses, you know, tutorials, how to podcast, what is a podcast, you know, uh, how to set up a camera, how to set up lighting, how to set up your studio, you know, just stuff like that. That would be available to vodcasters on the platform but if you don't want to watch any of that you don't have to because you could just go on there for free and just watch all the shows so uh i i'm gonna give tom uh i'm gonna give you a link to share with everybody in the show notes for them yep, to check absolutely. out okay so uh it's vodtvlive forward slash pages forward slash vod tv dash pre dash launch um but i'm gonna give it to tom so the link is down in the show notes uh, go check it out. All the information is on the website. And uh, yeah, that's the uh, that would be the landing page for the uh, for the pre-launch until we're ready to uh, to launch the full site.
0: yeah, and th- and it's gonna be really interesting to see this because uh, I-, I have seen uh, the setup of the web page already you, sh- you showed me um, before mm-hmm. it, it even went up. And it looks great because it does look kind of like the Netflix. It does have the Netflix feel to it. Um, where you can just scroll through shows and you can scroll through genres and uh, see what kind of shows you want to watch. Um, I believe there was a search bar there as well yeah. uh, where you can search different things out. Um, just trying to remember what was on there, jogging my memory. The, um, the, the,
1: yeah, I think the best part about this is that it's it's like, it is not YouTube. It is the right. opposite of YouTube, okay? So the, the difference between VOD TV and YouTube is that on VOD TV, there is no algorithm. There's no algorithm where you have to try to manipulate your show or manipulate your titles or your thumbnails to try to get it in front of people. So it's basically everybody is in front of everybody. And that's it. Everybody's there. You don't have to try to get ahead, okay? And it's just, there's no algorithm and there's no ads. So everything is ad-free. So there'll be no ads in front of your show. There'll be no ads in the middle. You know, no ads. Everything is totally ad-free. And those are the two hugest differences between VOD TV and, and YouTube.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be an interesting platform going forward for a lot of people because a lot of people are getting into this video thing. And like I said, we are doing our uh, virtual conventions, which is all video uh, for the most part um, with, with you know, a couple of pre pre-recordeds here and there, but we all do live video uh, anyway. Um, so a lot of people are going to start to take interest in this. Our next, uh, convention is coming up for Halloween in October, and we're starting the planning phases in the next, uh, week or so, uh, cause it's going to get really, really busy, uh, in terms of trying to organize all of that together and trying to get things, uh, straightened out. And we're doing a new platform this year with zoom instead of doing, uh, you know, StreamYard. So a lot of, a lot of bugs to work out, a lot of kinks to work out. Uh, going to try some new things. So it's going to be really, really, really cool to see. So I will put that link in the show notes for everybody to take a look at, um, and then, uh, go and take a look at it. And then if you have any questions, then you can reach out to John. Uh, yeah. John's always available on, uh, on Facebook for sure. Uh, sure. on his you other can social email media, me right.
1: at John at vod TV live.
0: Yeah. And he, he will get back to you. He's pretty good about it. I mean, he does with yeah. me, so I may assume he does it with everybody <laughs> else. So he's pretty good with that. Um, Why don't you share your uh, show links as well? Uh, Talk about like, just tell everybody about your shows, where they can find you, uh, how they can connect with you.
1: Sure. Uh, I run one show that's for fun. It's called The Basement Surge with my co-host Frank. Uh, You know, we it's a general discussion comedy show from right out of here in Brooklyn New York and uh you know we talk about anything being a dad wrestling tv shows movies comic books everything everything that interests us we we do a show like we just did a wrestling show like Tom and I did only i I stunned Frank here. That was the best. That was the best. (laughs) So I can't do that to Tom, but uh, yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So that's the type of show that is. And then I run, uh, you can find that at the That's the website for it. And then uh, I run another show called from podcast to Vodcast, where I help podcasters level up their show to a vodcast and introduce video and, and uh, get on uh, YouTube and VOD TV.
0: (laughs) Yep. So, and I'm going to have all of those in the, uh, the show notes as well. Um, and then I'll, I'll share it all over social media. Once, uh, we get this episode up, uh, it was great to have you on, haven't had you on before. Uh, we've done a few live shows together before, but, uh, this is the first time you've actually been on to pod jerky and, yes. uh, it was great to have you on. And of course you're going to come back on again soon. Uh, when we do some more recordings and uh, don't have to have uh, so many pre uh, back, uh <laughs> backed up here. So um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh really appreciate you giving us the Thanks time
1: for having me, Tom. I, I, I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And uh, as always, you can find pod jerky on Twitter, Instagram at pod jerky, and you can find us on the Northern touch show uh, at the Northern touch show on Instagram and Northern touch six on Twitter. Uh, and that's basically where you can find both of my shows also on bite size.me so bite size.me forward slash podjerky or bite size.me forward slash the northern touch show all the links are right there you can find all of our shows uh, where you can find us um but that's going to do it for this show tonight thank you again to john for coming on as always stay safe be kind to each other and we will see you later
1: right. Pod jerky Yeah!